a good that's a good sign <laughs> uh, oh i think this will work our tech guy isn't here i don't know how to submit an it ticket i was so excited about a oh it fiber. says we're live 13 seconds and then and yeah, then craven live. had to do get some work on the side to go run the sound booth at the tate reeves victory party is that what he's doing no, I, <laughs> I mean it wouldn't. I don't. It wouldn't surprise me. He'll he'll fix this in post. We can say whatever we want. Yeah, he'll he'll definitely cut that out. Well, howdy, y'all, and welcome to a root and tootin' episode of You'll Never Talk Alone. I'm your stand-in host, Alex Lovell, joined today by three lovely lads, Andrew Ainsworth. Andrew, how are you doing? Ooh, 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 ooh. Perfect, perfect. Uh, Will Caves is also here. Will, how are you doing? Howdy, Alex. You'll never yeehaw alone. Star Nation. And we got Zach Osborne here as well. Zach, how are you doing? I hate all of you. Just, <laughs> this is terrible so far. This is what the people wanted. We have gotten so many requests for more stereotypical cowboy language. Well, I thought exactly it was exactly what we're going to give them. I thought it was because Liverpool played in Birmingham this past week. <laughs> God. All right. Thank you for tuning in. This is our apology <laughs> to you for whatever the hell that just was. Uh, and, you know, we're just going to keep this train a going and act like that didn't happen. Isn't that because where Ash- Ashton Villa is? Is from Birmingham? <laughs> it's, still, it's, still, yeah, it's still going. I'm done. It's still I'm done. happening. I'm, done. I'm sorry. I'm done. Did Thank we just you. restart? Yeah, we should restart. I'm sorry. I'm, I was being dumb. <laughs> No, we're going to do this. You brought this upon yourselves. I did one thing and y'all went with it. That was your choice, not mine. I'm sorry. We played a game. It was against this team. And we won, all right? Want to play a game? (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) Can we restart? We're restarting. Joseph will have fun listening to this, and then he'll cut it and we'll restart. <laughs> but Joseph, make sure to cut out that one piece of Zach saying, want to play a game, and just <laughs> put it in stuff. Can that be like our new hip-hop air horn? Yeah, that's our that's our new what a play blur game. out the curse words. <laughs> All okay, right. Joseph, it's, restart. It's 320, you're cutting it here. Hello. Welcome to You'll Never Talk Alone. I am your host, Alexander Lebel, joined today by a gentleman by the name of Andrew Ainsworth. Andrew, how are you doing? Alex, I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. You are welcome, sir. Joined today by Will Caves. Good evening, Alex. Good Good morning and good evening, listener. Will. Also joining us today, our correspondent, Zach Osborne. Zach, how are you doing? It's Zachary, and for being formal, Zacharias Osborne. I'm great. Thanks for having me. Uh, apologies for being so serious. We had a bit of a breakdown in our first attempt at recording, and we're trying to keep it strictly business here. So let's just get no right games. into it. No games. No one should be having fun. Joseph. Now, sound effect now. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, let's talk about the fun stuff. We beat Aston Villa 
Sadio Mane's glorious head, sending us to victory, sending us to three points. A hard-fought win. Wasn't all that fun to watch until the very end. Uh, also had a victory in the Champions League. 2-1 win over Hank. Uh, uh, the double over them this season. And we've got Manchester City coming up this weekend. But first and foremost, let's start with the weekend in the Premier League. Andrew, what did you take away from that victory? Another knockdown, drag out, not very fun kind of labored performance, but we won. So did you, did you learn anything new about the team this week? Uh, I, I think I, over the course of the whole week, I think I just forgot how good Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain is. Mm-hmm. He makes such a huge difference in that midfield. Coming again, coming in against Aston Villa, playing today in the Champions League, it was just amazing to to see him back and shooting from the midfield, which is a nice sight to see. It's my biggest piece. Yeah, I, I don't really understand the concept of shooting from midfield, but if you say it's a thing, I'll trust you. Uh, Will, did you? How did you feel overall about this performance? I mean, it, it's another close victory, and we're seeing some other teams run up the score against lower opposition. But this was a another result that we had to work for. So, are, are you feeling confident about this, or do these performances worry you a little bit? <clears throat> well, we are riding our luck really hard right now. I feel like, and it it's really fun to watch, and it's fun to to you know, support heart attack FC right now, but I'm afraid that our luck is going to run out, run out eventually, but Hey, while we have it, awesome. Let's do it. This is super fun. I love Andy's goal. Um, I thought the, the cross to him was beautiful. Um, You really can't cross it any better than that. Uh, Beautiful cross. Great goal. Um, Mane would not be denied. I just, it's, when it seems like when they like when they want to finish they can and like we we kind of fart around for 60 minutes and then we actually decide to start playing that's what we've done the past couple weeks and uh i would like to see us start playing from minute one that'd be nice but uh if this is how we're going to do it then i'd rather us win which we are so i'm happy ultimately yep a a win's a win and we'll absolutely take it especially when it's so joyous like that. I mean, last-minute winners are just great, um, although I would much prefer us to win 6 nothing. Uh, Zach, I'm going to turn this one to you because goalkeepers are your favorite position. Um, since Allison has come back, we haven't necessarily looked the best at the back. Do you think that has anything to do with him kind of readjusting to the team dynamic and getting control over that back line again, or do you think – it's how we're playing with our fullback so advanced or something else. But we, we haven't necessarily looked as rock solid at the back, and we're conceding almost a goal a game, it seems like. So what, what do you think is causing that when we were known last season, especially for being such a brick wall back there? Uh, yeah, in my opinion, it has very little to do with Allison being rusty. I actually think we've seen him uh, – come back into the team and and look pretty great on a number of occasions um making some clutch saves like we're used to seeing from him i think it's probably two things um kind of a uh an unstable center back pairing obviously van dyke has been the rock there 
and and will continue to be barring some sort of injury, knock on wood. But uh, sort of the the carousel of of center bat partnerships we've seen, I think, perhaps has a little bit to do with it. Uh, seeing Lovren out there on a regular basis, you know, it's no surprise that this podcast we're not huge Lovren fans. And not to say that he's been particularly terrible or anything, but it, I just think it it makes everybody a little bit nervy. Um, and then exactly what you said about the way we're playing with our fullbacks, uh, which is nothing really different tactically from what we've been doing for a while. Uh, I will say I think uh, Trent, uh, especially over this current run of games, has looked incredible uh when he's in attacking mode and from um you know set pieces and from dangerous areas uh along the touchline and from the corner and sending in crosses and just he's been incredible when he's been in the attacking half but you know he still seems to be a bit lacking when he has to track back and make a key uh, stop or block or you know intercept a pass um, he tends to more often than not make mistakes in those situations where the pressure is all on him and it's left to other members of the defense to sort of pick up the pieces and I, I'm I really don't want to sound like I'm being overly critical of Trent because he has been so good with his attacking play lately I think uh, that can we can overlook some of the mistakes he's making in defense, but the mistakes are definitely there in my opinion. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of always been a big concern of ours, especially with Trent is that he's not, hasn't been that great defensively. Um, And it kind of seems like there's been almost some breakdowns in who thinks they're in charge of what, I mean, I know we've seen some, when teams are starting to go at us more and there's been very kind of specific things that have gotten them to aggressively pressure us. And I know they tend to go after Trent, but you see kind of the breakdowns between the midfield and the right side of defense and lead to scoring chances for opposition or goals uh, like we kind of saw against Tottenham. But Will, do you think it's just kind of individual errors or do you think there are some players that are starting to look a little bit tired after playing so much? Um, I mean, we don't sub all that often, especially not in the league, but is it tiredness or is it something else that is making these games so kind of cagey? I think it's both. Um, In terms of us conceding goals, if you watch a lot of our goals, like I don't know if it's because they're being told to try to play the offside trap. I don't know if it's because they're being told to – do some sort of weird zonal marking, but you see almost everybody kind of switches off. Like if you're not seeing, except Andy who never stops running, but everybody else, like even Van Dyke, uh, you'll see him like if they get beat, they just kind of stop. And, or, or if like someone near them gets beat, you don't, you just don't see the recoveries that we were seeing last year. Um, I think that I'll kind of, you asked an earlier question that I'll answer. I think Allison has also looked human uh this season and that plays a lot into it van dyke has also looked slightly more mortal as well um i don't know i it's i think there's a lot of things i think 
it's less on individual errors. It seems to be some sort of weird system thing that they're, I don't know, maybe I'm wrong in that, but it just looks like something's up. Like they're, they just can't get it quite right. Yeah. I mean, I think it was earlier in the season, right? That Klopp said they would try to play a higher offsides line because they knew VAR was a thing and that they figured they would get the benefit of the doubt based on review. They're playing more aggressively, but I mean, you're absolutely right. When, the Villa goal, everybody completely switched off. And usually we do catch opposition offsides on set pieces. But when when that gamble does not pay off, it looks ridiculous, which is unfortunate. Uh, but it, that's a, a big reason why they had a tap in. Um, Andrew, uh, I'm going to keep down this line of inquiry about the labored performances. Do you think there's anything we should be changing to make this less kind of stop-start? Or, or is, is does it just need our players to play their way back into form, our main 11? That's a tough question. I mean, you look at it and, like, while we, we haven't looked as good defensively, we've still only given up nine goals in 11 games in the league. Like, we're some Champions League away games – We've looked poor and, and given up more game, more goals, and I, I guess also against was was the Red Bull game at home. That was at uh, home. Yeah, that's what I thought. Um, I I think we just need like a uniformity back at, uh, on that defensive line, and we we've seen some issues with Trent's side. I think that also somewhat has to do with. Like we, we have been, you know, the last four or five games switching up the midfield and, and Leverin's come in and it's just the team's changing. Everyone doesn't have like, it seems like their specific roles aren't, aren't completely nailed down in the back just because of that change in the midfield and the defensive line, nine goals in 11 games. Like it seems bad, but if our front line can, scored two goals a game, then we should be good. You know, like we're, we're squeaking by these games two one or one zero when we're playing these worst teams that really should be, I mean, we should be putting on three or four goals in all of those games with the front line and, and the midfield that we have. And it's just something isn't there. And I, I you know, as long as we're winning, it's fine. Cause I think they'll find form again. We certainly hope so, considering the match coming up on Sunday. Uh, but it, it seems like something maybe different was there against Hank in that 2-1 victory. I mean, we mixed up the shape. We mixed up the lineup. Like you said, we saw kind of an, another midfield. And, Zach, do you think anything looked better or worse? And if so, do you think it was just down to the opposition? Or are there combinations that you saw in this changed lineup that you'd like to see more often? Uh, I'll have to be honest. I, I didn't see any of the match today. I've seen the highlights and I've seen enough to know that, um, I'll be pretty upset if Ox is not involved against city at the weekend, especially considering his track record against city. All he does is score huge goals against city when it counts. And he is, um, maybe right alongside Sadio Mane, our hottest goal scorer right now. 
Uh, every time he has slotted into the midfield, it has brought energy and dynamism. And like we've all said, just the refreshing idea of someone taking shots from midfield. Um, and, and you, you know, as, as much as Hendo and Jeannie have been heroes throughout the past calendar year, um, to me, that duo in midfield uh, have started to look a little stale, a little off the pace, um, maybe Hendo especially, but we've talked about how Genie tends to drift in and out of games as well. Uh, when he's on, he's very on, and when he's off, you forget that he's out there, um, and we've seen that recently. So I'm just really hoping um, – I'm hoping to see Ox. I would love to see him start. I don't know uh, – what that would look like after his involvement today. Um, but I really think the midfield is where things need to be shaken up. I'm worried about that because I'm worried that we may default to like the really safe option for such a huge league game against city and just go with the players that we're used to and that we normally put out there for such a big match. But I think because it's city, Ox, I, I mean, I would say Ox needs to start. I don't know what. What do y'all think? I would love to see him start, but <clears throat> it almost seems like the only player that can play their way into the team based on a performance in another competition is Adam Lalana, which is weird. Uh, he was he got the start in midfield as a as a six, and I mean, I would. Ox keeps scoring, and none of our other midfielders do. And like you said, Ox scores against City. But I, I, I feel I can say with 100% certainty that the midfield against City will be Henderson, Wijnaldum, and Fabinho. I don't know about y'all. Yeah, probably. Yeah. I, I think so, yeah. Yeah, it will be. No or at doubt. least I, Henderson for sure is coming back in. Fabinho probably is coming back in. I could see Ox... Maybe, but I I don't know. Probably it's gonna be Genie when uh Genie uh Hendo Fabinho. Or we could go like last year and and go Genie Hendo Milner mm. two times in a year. <laughs> I better potentially because City will be more open than a lot of these teams that have given us the most trouble and are the teams that the midfield of Henderson, Wijnaldum and Fabinho is not like a, a, an ideal match against the team that sits back and forces us out wide. I mean, it's an ideal match for them because they get to just pass the ball out to the fullbacks like they've always wanted to do. But I mean, th there should be more space and that's where we've seen them kind of thrive when they can turn and drive a little bit and then play it up to the front three. But I don't know. It's just kind of a shame. Um, Will, did you see anyone else that came into the side against Hank that could potentially be knocking on the starting starting lineup? Um, I thought Gomez was all right. Uh, I don't think he'll start. I think it'll be Lovren, but I thought he was okay today. Um, <clears throat> I think it was a good sign that Sala looked pretty good also. Um, but to answer your question, Ox is the only one I think that is even close. I, th I don't think Keita is is it's not his time yet. I don't think he's up for it right now. 
Andrew, do you think we'll mix it up or do you think our plan that we've shown recently of playing really boring for 60 minutes and then bringing on our exciting midfielders to shake things up is kind of the way we'll be going for the rest of the year? I think we're going to we're going to be up for the game. I mean, I don't I don't think it'll be boring in any way. It's going to be a great game. Um I just I don't know if we'll score <laughs> like like we it could be an exciting game and it'll still be like nil nil at 60 minutes. You know, but uh, Lovren back there with the defensive problems that Man City's had. I'm hoping it's going to be a wide open game but because i'm saying that it's just going to be just a, a bunch of defense yeah i mean you said love run back there and city in the same sentence and i just immediately started sweating because it's it's such a terrifying prospect i'll never forget that four three at anfield where he came on to shore it up and then immediately gave them two goals so not really looking forward to that uh, but Zach, do you is there something that scares you about this match? Something you're excited to see about Liverpool versus City? Uh, are you excited that it's at 10:30 on Sunday and not 6:30 a.m. on Saturday? Because that's usually when our big games are. Sure, I'm pleased with that. Um, I'm just excited for such a huge match the the battle of the titans the two teams that have clearly been the best in the league for a while now i am really nervous though because city's had our number um at least in the league for a while um and i feel like in the big matchups pep has out coached uh klopp a bit um and i just really hate city fans and um how much they'll gloat about their league victories over liverpool uh so yeah i'm i'm nervous about the big occasion and i'm playing the what if game in my head but um i'm just excited for such a big match um yeah i i don't know what else to say i'm uh, also really distracted by Mississippi election returns right now, so I apologize. I uh, I heard your question about halfway through and realized you were asking to me and kind of freaked <laughs> out a little bit. Oh, I mean, you could also give your take on the Mississippi election if you'd like. Uh, it's not, it's not going well. <laughs> that's about that's that coming in hot off the presses. Uh, poor results thus far, but only five percent of Hines County reporting. So, yeah. So there's still time to turn it around. You know, you know much like Liverpool elections mm-hmm. take we're, time. To we're going to leave it late. And it's going yeah. to <laughs> clock cloppage time. Um, Alex, what do you think the starting lineup will be for Man City? I'll ask I think the we host all know exactly what it's going to be. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's going to be Allison, Robertson, Van Dyke, Lovren, Trent, Fab, Hendo, Genie. Mane, Firmino, Salah. I, I I don't know if anyone who watches the league or the sport doesn't know that. Like, I think we all think that people are working their way into the lineup and building up fitness and looking good. But at the end of the day, we all know what's going to happen. Right. Did you guys see the the combined team that BBC put out today? No. In like, I did not. Just 
don't look it up. It'll piss you off. Uh, it, it's all our back five. Their midfield, no Fabinho, and Sterling, Aguero, and Mane. So no Salah either. It, it's insane. No Origi? No Origi. No Origi, who I think will have a part to play against City. I mean, I thought Origi was was really good today, yeah, or at least too. in the highlights. Mm-hmm. He looked great, Hank. and I and I liked that Klopp made sure that he called him out when they were talking about all of the great players that that Hank had produced over the years. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, they're like Kevin De Bruyne, Thibaut Courtois, Khalidou Koulibaly, and Klopp was like, "Oh, don't forget Divock Origi. He's a Liverpool legend." I mean, he looked really good as a substitute um, last weekend. I'll say mm-hmm. that. I didn't see him today, but he did well, huh? Yeah, he's he's starting to remember what his form was like before he cut his hair. Because that when right when he cut his hair, <laughs> he, he was kind of like Torres in that regard. Whenever Torres would get a haircut, he'd be crap until it grew back out a little bit. Yes. And that's kind of like Origi. <laughs> Torres was hard. only good when his highlights were fresh. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we should get Origi some highlights and send him out. Send him out this weekend. But who knows? I mean, I I'm nervous, but I'm also weirdly calm because that's just what Klopp has done to this team. Like it, it does sound like I, I always feel very self conscious about this because it's like, oh, we're, we're boring and we're we're leaving it late and we're scrapping our way. But really, I could not be more thrilled that we are leading the league by six points and have only dropped. Uh, is it two points so far this season? Like it's it's ridiculous. <clears throat> I think I would be more nervous had we not won against Villa. Like had if City had had the opportunity to jump us, that would have been bad. But we're good. Like win or win, lose or draw, I think we're okay. I don't. Think, I agree. I don't think we'll lose though. I like every time I get kind of hyped for a game, it's crap. And so I think this is like a nil nil draw. Yeah, I think a draw is a very likely result here. Yeah, I could see Pep getting like really in his own head about this uh, because we're already in his head. And I was going to ask, uh, I'll just start with Andrew on this one. I mean, Pep immediately after his game started talking about Mane diving and then talking about us getting some calls and then kind of tried to play it off like he was joking. But do you think he's trying to like lead the officials to view anything that happens to us as us flopping? Or do you think he's trying to play mind games? Or do you think he's just weird? I think it's all three. I think the guy's too smart to just like be upset at nothing. You know, like he recognizes the way Liverpool plays. He watches us week in and week out. And like, we're, we're definitely the team that he's looking at because he's got to be, you know, his team has to win. Like if they don't win this game, then we go, you know, nine points up on them and like where we'd still be invincible at that point. So I don't think there will be a tie like I could see it, but I think we're going to come out and, and we're going to we're going to win this. I think he just he's trying to play some mind games with the officials, with his team. I don't think he's like, I don't think Liverpool will, will take any of his words and take them to heart. And I don't think anyone on the team really cares what he thinks. And I think he knows that. Um, 
I think it's really about like getting his team fired up, calling us floppers, saying that we're getting lucky and like his pregame speech is going to be like, let's take that luck away from him. Let's win it. And nine points is a lot. So he's got to do everything he can. I, I, yeah, I agree with that. I think he's just trying to get any sort of advantage he can uh, while also being a very strange and eccentric person. Uh, and, and to add on to strange and eccentric, I just checked the referee assignments. And I guess the good news overall is that we have Michael Oliver, uh, who's probably the best English referee. Uh, but the bad news is that the VAR official <laughs> is Mike Dean. And there's no way that Dino is not going to try to get involved <laughs> in some way. So I, let's open this up because I hate Manchester City so much that I don't want to examine their crest. I don't want to go over their kit. So I want to open the floor up to what crazy VAR call is Mike Dean going to order in this match? Will, I'll start with you. Hmm. Some sort of egregious handball situation, for sure. I I do wish that they would cut to him in the booth so he could, you know, do his his super animated calls. Uh, But the, yeah, some weird uh, handball for sure. Andrew, how about you? What do you think Dino's going to do? Dino is going to, from the first minute, call VAR as many times as he possibly can. (laughs) I think the officials are upset about VAR, so they're just calling them all wrong, and they're all saying, we get it all right. So what he's going to keep doing is pulling VAR 20, 30 times a game. That way they just get rid of it. Zach? Anything as crazy as that? Uh, I'm going to say someone's going to get like accidentally brushed across the cheek and they're going to go down acting like their eyes been gouged out. And we're going to have to go to VAR. It's going to be Sterling. (laughs) Yeah, clearly. I was trying to protect his identity, Will, but, you know. Raheem Buford (laughs) Sterling. But now, will he be getting grazed in the face, or will he be grazing people with his little T-Rex arms running? That's uh, yeah. Who knows? Because that's that's definitely a like a, a cut your cornea type of running posture. Like if if he doesn't trim his nails, that's that's dangerous. And I'm thinking that Dean will be the first official to have someone go to Stockley Park where they have all the monitors, and someone will confront him and get a red card because he will do something awful and like try to sub himself in as the, the first official. Like that will be his first far call is to say, sub the ref, change this out, put me in the spotlight because that's all he's ever wanted. I think in the VAR booth, they do dress in the full referee attire. He'll be ready to go. He'll be ready. <laughs> I think he's just kind of always in full referee attire. Because I'm trying to remember what he does outside of refereeing, and I think it's something really weird. He's just a hardcore fan for uh, for Tranmere. For Tranmere, yeah. He's got to be ready to go at all times. He's either always wearing full ref gear or he's full kit wanker for Tranmere. (laughs) Just those are – that is his entire wardrobe. 
I, I think we talked about it before, but he's a caddy on like the women's LPGA. And he was the caddy for someone who hit a hole in one. I think it was like two months ago. And you just know he's taking full credit for that. Like, yeah, I told her which club to use. That was me. What a weird dude. And just what a weird concept of having, like, knowing that people who are supposed to be impartial are known for their boisterous personalities and interpreting things their own way, which is kind of why we got to the VAR situation in the first place. And that's not really gone very well. But let's get into the predictions for the score lines. Andrew, how do you think this is going to turn out? You said you didn't think it was going to be a draw. What, 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 put a number to it. No. We're going to win four to one. Whoa. 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 Wow. Yeah. We're going to come out and we're going to smash them. All confidence in my corner. Man, I, I don't know how anyone's going to follow that up, but Zach, try. I don't know. I've been feeling a, a 2-2 draw as I've thought about this today. But I'm giving you confidence, right? Oh, yeah. <clears throat> a confident 2-2. And Will, how how you feeling about this? Nil-nil with a blatant call not going our way. Mm. That one seems the most realistic, but I'm going to go. It's going to be a repeat of the Carabao match versus Arsenal. 5-5. Five, five. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh I don't think my heart could take a 5 please five. no <laughs> uh, yeah I don't know if I would have enough water to sweat as much as I would need to if that result were to unfold but I'd certainly try Oof. well listener what do you think the score is going to be you should tell us at YNTA podcast on twitter uh, you can also leave us a review on the podcast service of your choice. And with your score prediction, you can just do that, but also tell us your thoughts on what you're thinking. You know, just like to hear from you, like talking with people about anything. I know I say that every time. Andrew always calls me out on it, but we will talk to you about anything. Can what we happens? restart again? Restart. Yeah. Restart. <laughs> uh, sorry, everyone. For Zach, Will, and Andrew, and Joseph, and Sadio and Andy and Trent. Thank you for tuning in. Andrew, sign us off. Okay, so I want to sign us off today with just some straight up facts. Martin Atkinson, he's married. Uh, Martin Atkinson, <laughs> he is white. Martin Atkinson, his eye color is light brown. Does Martin Atkinson smoke? No, never. Height, 176 centimeters. Not really sure how tall that is. Favorite color, black. Wow. Um, he is straight. Um, it says he's married, but also he is currently in no confirmed relationship. He does not have kids. Uh, Martin Atkinson was born on March 31st, 1971. Uh, he lives in a house with his wife in Bradford, West Yorkshire, England. What's his he address? Is, is that is next that to listed? Birmingham? Uh, you know, I'm not really sure. Um, he is worth around $1 million. That's USD. It's pretty good. I mean, you know, it's, it's good. 
it's not like that great, you know? It's not like amazing or anything. I mean, a million dollars um, is not that much money anymore. It's what I hear. No. No, I'm, I'm pretty sure it's not. Um, skin tone, type one, light skin. Want to play a game? <laughs>